Hello and welcome everyone to this online conversation hosted by the European Center for International Political Economy on leadership in European digital policy and the future role and direction for the D9 Plus Group. Launched in 2016, nine countries with a particular interest in matters of the digital economy met to learn from each other and seek common ground on policy issues, the D9 Group. Since its founding, the group has expanded into the D9 Plus initiative and now also includes guest countries, but it remains fundamentally an initiative of small and mid-sized open-oriented economies with a strong interest to exploit the economic power of digitalization and new emerging technologies. In a recent ESI publication titled Leadership in European Digital Policy, Future Role and Direction for the D9 Plus Group, it is argued that D9 Plus countries have a lot in common digital and general economic characteristics that should prompt them to be far more ambitious in promoting Europe's digital competitiveness. My name is Philip Lamprecht, and today I'm very pleased to welcome Raquel Jorge Ricard to this conversation. Raquel is technology, digital and cyber policy analyst at the Elcano Royal Institute in Spain. Hi, Philip. It's my pleasure to be here in this ESI podcast. Thanks very much. We are very happy to have you. And my first question for you on this topic, Raquel, is how can the D9 Plus initiative expand the scale and scope of digital technological change in the European economy? And in particular, what is your take on the current role of Spain in the group? Yes. So I think this conversation is, is a particular one because we are recording this podcast now in January 2023. And in this month, we will mark the second anniversary of the last D9 Plus declaration leading the way to Europe's digital decade, which was announced in January 2021. There was a meeting in December 2022, so one month ago in Gran Canary Islands in Spain, but the very previous declaration was two years ago. So I think that this is a good time to reflect on the D9 Plus group. What we see is that when it comes out to the scale and scope of digital technological change in this initiative is that in 2021, the very first Digital Compass 2030 was announced by the European Commission and much things have since happened. What we see is that they mostly focused on infrastructure, on digitalizing citizens, businesses, infrastructure, and also the very government side, so public administration and online services. And the good news now with the D9 Plus is that the European Commission has recently announced its very first ever monitoring and cooperation cycle to implement the digital policy program called the Path to the 2030 Digital Decay. And what does this mean in terms of the D9 Plus initiative? So first, the D9 Plus initiative, as we discussed in our event in December 2022, it has mostly focused on info sharing. So info sharing across member states that are part of this initiative. But what we see is that we need to go to the next level in terms of making policy proposals, uh, uh, moving up uh, new ideas to the very leadership chain at the European Commission, and also uh, leveraging the very existence of the D9 Plus initiative to support bilateral projects. 
So it is true that the D9 Plus should not aspire to do everything in terms of touching on all digital technologies, but at least it should aspire to pick up a few policy areas and a few stages of the policy making. For example, if the D9 Plus initiative identifies that quantum technologies are a common priority of interest for all of these countries, they should focus on specific stages of the policy cycle to focus on quantum technologies. For example, do we want to focus on mapping of threats vis-a-vis quantum? Do we want to assess to what extent we can establish common investments or how foreign direct investments or export controls affect this specific technology. So this is for me the very scale and scope of the D9 Plus initiative. The second point in terms of your question, Philippe, is that when it comes up to the D9 Plus, we tend to think of these countries as being the top leading ones in the Digital Economy Society Index, the DESI Index, which touches on connectivity, human capital, integration of digital technology and digital public services. But we should also think about the side of innovation because maybe we can have a really good human capital, a really good connectivity, but still we need to take into account the innovation side, which is covered by the European Innovation Scoreboard. And what we see is that some countries that are part of the D9 Plus initiative do not perform that well in the European Innovation Scoreboard. For example, Germany is not part of the D9 Plus initiative, but it performs really well in the Innovation Scoreboard. And on the other side, for example, Spain, and going to your question in the particular case of Spain, Spain performs quite well in the Digital Economy Society Index, but it ranks the 16th in the European Innovation Scoreboard. This means that still, even if we have good opportunities in some terms, still we need to expand the D9 Plus initiative to other realms. For example, not only about regulation, how countries can have a common view on specific clauses in a proposal of an act, but also focusing on industrial policy. So when it comes down to Spain, what we see in Spain is that it performs highly importantly good in terms of the connectivity and also in terms of online public services, mostly in terms of how they have produced a framework of open data for the public administration, but still it needs to improve further on human capital and the integration of digital technologies. In terms of integration of digital technologies, it is true that the statistics show that Spain is midway between the top leading countries and the less powerful countries in this specific topic, but it is true that 90% of companies in Spain are SMEs, small and medium-sized companies. So the integration of digital technologies is quite harder than in other countries. And that is why I think that the D9 Plus can be a good opportunity to exchange views with other countries, not only in terms of info sharing, but also in terms of, okay, how can we foster common testing and experimentation facilities for AI? For example, France, Germany, and Luxembourg are are preparing a cross-border TEF, a testing and experimentation facility for uh, autonomous cars. And this is a good example for Spain to learn how they could cooperate with 
other countries and the EU. Thank you very much, Raquel, for this detailed answer and comprehensive overview already over our topic area. You mentioned the need and also the opportunity to grow more ambitious, to go beyond info sharing, as you put it, and mentioned several important elements uh, related to this. Also, the perspective of Spain within the group, of course, uh, is a very interesting one. Building on that, I would like to ask, what are the main current challenges for the group when it comes to increasing its profile? What are the main future challenges? And also, you've also already mentioned a lot of the opportunities, but what do you see as the main future opportunities in going that way of increasing ambition? Yes, well, we see several challenges. The first one is that, as it happens already with security and foreign policy, mem member states that are part of the D9 Plus initiative have different threat mappings. So it is not the same to understand the vulnerabilities of uh, a semiconductor plants, for example, Spain, or for example, in Portugal, than for example, in Lithuania. They have completely different threats and also challenges. The second challenge is that whether the D9 plus should aspire to define only lowest common denominators or also big first tier strong actions such as FDI or investment screening. I mean, do we want the D9 plus to agree on common denominators that are less sensitive or also do we want them to propose very strong first tier, very hot topics that are currently happening, for example, export controls. The third challenge and also opportunity is that sometimes uh, we tend to think of some European-wide uh, groups or gatherings as a way for countries to move up some demand to the very chain of the EU leadership. But actually, some D9 plus countries have their own national mechanisms to foster digital technologies and also the digital economy. We have, on the one hand, national mechanisms, such as, for example, internationalization agencies, credit facilities agencies from these member states. We also have specific large-scale infrastructure projects that are being funded by governments through state aid. So we have this on the one side, and on the other side we have EU mechanisms, for example, joint undertakings, IPSAs, which are the important projects of common European interests, for example, the next generation cloud, or for example, batteries, or for example, processors and electronics. And we also have industrial alliances at the EU level. So I think that the opportunity for D9 plus countries should be to try to mix up and combine the national mechanisms with the EU mechanisms and to leverage the opportunities that these countries could make jointly. So interacting, asking for common needs at the EU level, making private sector companies from Finland and Spain, for example, just to give you a simulated example, a com a, to work together through an EU industrial alliance. Then there are other questions which are both a challenge and opportunity. Do we want 
the D9 plus countries to have a market making approach or a market correcting approach. For example, if we are talking about market correcting, this will be the Digital Services Act. Do the D9 plus countries want to focus on that in this gathering or do they prefer to make the market? For example, do they want to talk about how to install chips plants or how, or, or how to focus on quantum sensing technologies at the national level. And finally, for me, the very last opportunity is whether the DNA Plus should prioritize either technologies or thematic goals. I mean, if they want to focus on technologies, this would mean that they will pick up one specific technology, for example, biotechnology or novel materials or quantum technologies or Internet of Things technologies or open data for the public administration and then go for everything related to this specific technology. The second approach is to focus on thematic goals. So, for example, do we want to foster a national security or do we want to foster a free market view? So then uh, select all technologies that could be helpful to that thematic goal. And so I think that the, the, there is a large number of challenges and opportunities, but I wanted to reflect on these four or five issues because I think that they compose the very picture of what the D9 Plus initiative represents from a technological perspective, but also for a very, from a very governance and institutional approach. Thank you very much for the overview. And I agree fully with uh, the importance of the different questions uh, that you mentioned and uh, you also mentioned that there are differences in the national mechanisms of d9 members and that there is a need to have a stronger connection with the eu level so one element i was thinking about while uh, you were giving your answer is given these differences among the member countries how can the group organize its work more effectively to both scale up its own ambition, but also to make this connection to the European level. Exactly. Yes. So in terms of that, I think that also your report is very enlightening in terms of because you propose the very institutionalization of the D9+, plus, not only in terms of uh, preparing annual or the annual uh, meetings, but also to have a specific team, to have a specific secretariat, to have a specific agenda of priorities, a calendar, resources, allocated resources, also to make these countries even have a common voice, not only within the European Union, but also to be able to express uh, common demands in other countries. For example, the embassy of a specific country and the embassy of another country working or discussing all together common needs in Washington, D.C. So because sometimes maybe there are two companies that are quite similar, one company from Spain and one company from another country in the D9 Plus initiative, and maybe if they work all together in a third country, at least to express their demands, that could be a good approach. So in terms of how to institutionalize it, so the first approach should be to have a, a, a sort of common criteria of which types of uh, requisite uh, requirements these countries should comply with to be part of the D9 plus initiative. I mean, there is a large number of steps that could be taken, but 
in my opinion, this should be the very first one. Raquel, it has been a pleasure talking to you. And thank you also to our audience uh, for listening in. You can stay updated on upcoming activities on digital policy on ESIP's website and social media. Thank you. Thank you.